Anchor FM is one of the best ways to make and distribute your podcasts. Their online creative tools can allow you to make your podcasts from home and on the go. Anchor will also help you get your podcast sponsored with no minimum listenership and help you make money while doing your podcast. And distribution is the easiest thing ever. I've used many different distribution sites. Anchor so far has been the best. And they can get you on every major distribution site out there. They can take your RSS feed, whether you're creating a new one or if you're just moving a show from another platform, sign up for Anchor at anchor.fm now. And when you get there, Make sure you pay attention to everything they tell you to do, and they'll help make your podcast great and help make you some money. Again, head on over to Anchor.fm now. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the host of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. What's up, everybody? It is episode 48 of Wide Men Can't Jump, and it is Nate, and I am here, and TR will be joining me shortly. Right now, we are going to be talking preseason tonight a little bit. We're going to talk about LeBron, Carmelo, and others debuting on new teams. We're going to look at some preseason games that have happened so far, some big names uh, returning, coming back, how teams are looking, what's shaping up here in the offseason, how there's no development on the Jimmy Butler issue in some way, shape, or form, and so much more. And this show would not be possible without our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New and WowFreeCam.com. And I just want to come out first and thank both of our sponsors who have been so gracious and helped us out with so much here um, this season. And now we're getting ready to go into season two here in a few weeks getting close to the one-year anniversary. And since we're on episode 48, we got about a month. Uh, it won't be the exact one year, but it'll be episode 52. And the main reason we're discussing that is because episode 52, the reason it's not on the exact date or falling close to is we took two weeks off, one for Thanksgiving, one for Christmas last year when we first started. But now uh, we're back on track. So we're going to have a huge one-year celebration, we hope. Uh, who's some people you would like to see? Uh, who who are some guests that we've had on the show that you've enjoyed? Who are some people that uh, you thought were fun guests? Uh, some some people that we could get on. We're in talks with uh, bringing back some old some guests we haven't had on in a while. Some old friends, if you can say. Uh, who knows who's going to show up? And we do think everybody that has been listening to the show had a great great show the other great numbers the other day for our shows we've been doing we just keep pumping out and keep getting bigger and bigger and a year ago i'd have never thought that we'd be where we're at right now and we're doing great so thank all of you guys thank all of our listeners out there could not do it without you guys seriously from the bottom of my heart from the ones i know by first name armando scott ed um just all you guys nick all you guys that i know that listen and talk to me about the show and listen in larry dustin all you guys Thank you guys so much, and um, if I don't know who you are, thank you as well. We really do appreciate you guys listening. 
Um, and you can find us on Twitter. We're at why jump on Twitter, jump in. We talk to our, to our friends and never, never be intimidated to reach out on Twitter and tell us something you want to hear or something you like, something you, something you didn't like. I mean, if there's certain things like that, let us know. I mean, that's what we're here for. And big thanks to Tom and Tim for taking this wild ride with me. Uh, TR will be on here later. Tim, uh, the hockey episode is up. Hockey is back. And Tim is watching his Maple Leafs tonight. So, uh, Go Leafs, I suppose. I don't know who the hell they're playing, but uh, as long as it's not the Penguins or the Blue Jackets, that's all that matters. So, but it is basketball season. We are nearing it. It's uh, a couple weeks away. Preseason's well underway, and Tr and I are going to look into that tonight. Um, but before we do anything like that, before we dive too deep into the show, um, I do want to take a second to invite you to join our Patreon page. It's Patreon.com/slash/WideMenCan'tJump. You can contribute to the show, helps the show out. You'll be exclusive uh, bonus content. Uh, we had one of our Patreons on the show the other day. Uh, we did a uh, football show, and we had Armando, who's one of our Patreons. He jumped on with us, and uh, we appreciated him. We had a blast with Armando. You become a Patreon, you can be on the show as well. We'll make we'll make things happen. Uh, we'll talk football. We'll talk whatever. Wrestling, you never know. We got some big stuff planned for the future, and we're working hard behind the scenes trying to make this happen. But um, like I said, again, the preseason's well underway. TR and I will dive into that. But, of course, I had the privilege to speak with our good friend from down in Orlando, Mr. Philip Rossman Reich, who came on and talked to me about the Orlando Magic. He's from the Orlando Magic Daily, and he is locked on magic. This guy knows more about the Orlando Magic than you know about your girlfriend, husband, wife, or mother. I guarantee it. You can try and tell me you do. And that he doesn't, but I'm telling you, he knows more about the Orlando Magic than you know about your closest family member. So I talked to Philip, and I just want to give a, uh, a warning ahead of time here. I was having a little technical difficulty, so if the volume or the interview is a little low, or there's a little bit of a technical issue, that's on my end, and I do apologize for that. Um, had to switch computers where mine has died. I'm on a new computer, and it's a different software completely, so trying to do everything a little bass-ackwards here. But uh, so far, it's going okay, but I think uh, I got the editing down enough to where we'll be able to put two and two together. So if you hear anything weird, that's on me. Had to edit it out. Phil's a great guy, and thank Phil for coming on. But uh, we talked some Orlando Magic. He gives us a preview of that Magic squad, squad you don't hear about, but here on Wide Men Can't Jump, we dive deep. We take deep dives into teams you wouldn't talk about normally on like a Sports Center, ESPN. These are not teams that are talked about, but we talk about them here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Thank you, guys. All for listening. I'll be back with TR on the other side. Here's my conversation with Philip Rossman Reich here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Enjoy it. Well, joining me now is site expert and editor over the Orlando Magic Daily and host of the Locked on Magic podcast. It's our buddy, Philip Rossman Reich, the guy who's been on the show maybe more than anybody. Thanks, Philip, for jumping on with us. Happy to be on. How's, how's it going? You know, we're doing good, doing good. show keeps growing. Keep, uh, you know, we're getting ready to approach our one-year anniversary, and uh, it's uh, it's been fun, and now we're ready for some more NBA. Yeah, it's the best, it's the best, time, it's the best time of year. I finally have basketball back in our lives. 
Oh, it's, it's wonderful. It's like Christmas. Uh, we really, really enjoy in this part of the year whenever you can finally get back into that groove. You're, you're unfortunately your bank account hurts because your NBA league pass kicks in, but <laughs> you get to. <laughs> You're getting ready for that basketball that uh, we all love so much. So uh, the Orlando Magic this offseason, they had a great offseason in terms of, I think, additions. They bring in Mo Bamba, who I honestly believe is one of the best players in the draft. I think he's going to be great for Orlando. Uh, So tell me, how is Mo Bamba looking so far for the Magic, especially now that we're into preseason a little bit? Yeah, uh, he's he's looking really good, actually, uh, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, he's obviously still very, very young, and, and you know, physically, he's he's going to need some work. I mean, I think the Magic are are going to take a very patient approach with him. So, you know, if you if you're looking to maybe bet Mo Bamba for Rookie of the Year, I, I might hold off on that just a little bit. I mean, he's he's a guy that that still needs to add some strength, and, and he's got that that kind of slim frame, and so he, he's he's going to be working a lot, kind of behind the scenes, more to develop than so much on the court. Um, you know, the, they Magic played their first preseason game on Monday up against Philadelphia. And uh, Joel Embiid had his way around uh, Mo Bamba in the post. I think he picked up 3,000 in a matter of like two, two and a half minutes um, just trying to contain Embiid, which, which is a lot to ask of any rookie. But uh, Bamba's shooting, his three-point shot, he, he ended up scoring 12 points in the game. He made both three-pointers that he took. Uh, his shooting is, is, seems to be a lot further along than than I even think the team expected. He's a guy that, that's worked really, really hard on that. Um, his defense is coming along. Um, you know, I, I, we didn't really see that impact so much in the first game, uh, in the first preseason game. But um, the coaching staff here in Orlando has reportedly been very impressed with how he's picked up the defensive schemes and, and defensive terminology, and, and they think that he's going to be a real difference maker on that end. So it, it's going to be a little bit of a learning process and a wait-and-see process with him. But – uh, I think the early reviews are that they're really impressed with him as as, as a potential player. Yeah, and, and coming out of Texas last year, he was really the, the whole show that they had, and I think he's going to be great. Again, I don't know if I would bet on him for the uh, rookie of the year, but I really like what he has to offer for the Magic. Um, and speaking of big guys for the Magic, he is uh, they're talking about putting him alongside uh, Nikola Vucevic. What's the – What's that scheme looking like? I saw some reports earlier that uh, the coach was really liking what he saw when those two were on the court together. Steve Clifford said that that he was going to try and experiment a little bit with that during the off during the off season, and and really uh, today in practice, uh, Clifford said today Wednesday in practice, Clifford said that he tried it out for the first time, and, and it seemed like there was some chemistry there, and, and things worked out. I mean, you don't really know how it went, how it went overall, but. The, the Magic are willing to try just about anything. Obviously, Bamba's length, or obviously, Bamba's body isn't quite ready to play against modern center or against a lot of centers in the league quite yet. So they just want to kind of get him out on the floor. They know that both Bamba and Vucevic are smart basketball players. They both can extend out the three-point line, so they're not going to run into each other too much on the block. Um, they're both pretty good passers. I think Vucevic is one of the more underrated big, big men passers in the league. And Bamba seems like he is, you know, he's, he's a smart passer and, and pick and roll player as well. And so I think that the Magic see an opportunity to try something a little bit different. It's not going to be a lineup that they use all the time. It's going to be very matchup dependent and, and really development dependent when, when it comes to Bamba as well defensively. But it's something that I think they want to want to test out. And you know, yeah, uh, Steve Clifford said during the, during the off season that he was going to try out that lineup, something that they're kind of interested in looking into. And in practice today on Wednesday, 
he said that, that he tried it out really for the first time, and it seemed like both players really responded to it and, and liked kind of the chemistry between the two players. Obviously, if Bamba's three-point shooting is as far along as, as it seems to be, uh, both he and Vucevic both have the potential to stretch the floor, so they're not really running into each other a lot. Um, and, and Vucevic, I think, is one of the most underrated big men passers in the league. Bamba seems like he's a pretty unselfish guy and a decent passer as well. And so with that under consideration, you know, maybe there's a potential it can work. It, it's probably not something the Magic can use a whole lot. Um, it's probably going to be very matchup dependent. There are still some teams that use two bigs. Uh, and it's going to be development dependent on, on how far Bamba is as a defender as well. Um, but, you know, the Mad, two of the Magic's best players, two of their more important players on the roster, both play the same position. I can't blame Steve Clifford for trying to find a way to get both of them out there. And so, you know, I'm sure we'll see it in the preseason game. They're, they're playing a Brazilian team on, on Friday. That's a good opportunity to try something kind of quirky and new when you might have a little bit of a talent advantage. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's good to get both guys out there. Um, are you surprised to see the season nearing such a, a, a start here and – Nikola Vucevic still being on the Orlando Magic, I thought for sure that this offseason would be uh, he would be traded or someone would make an offer for him. Are you surprised by that? Uh, you know, I'm not surprised that, that he's still on the roster. I think the Magic recognized that uh, that Bamba still has a long way to go. I mean, I've, I've kind of talked with some people and said uh, I've kind of talked with with other with other writers and said you know it, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if the Magic you know keep Vucevic in the starting lineup, or, or let, let's say Vucevic gets hurt early in the year, that they start a Timothy Mozgov or a Ken Burch over Mo Bamba. They, they know that Bamba has a lot of development to go and a long way to go, and Vucevic is a good veteran to have. I mean, for, for all his faults and flaws and, and everything like that, he is still a really solid offensive player, a, a decent rebounder, a good shooter, especially for a big, for a big man. Um, he's someone that's going to produce and, and help the team remain, at least, at least in their mind, competitive, uh, for the short term and can't ignore that so much in, in October and November. Um, it, it, I think Vucevic's market as a trade asset increases the closer you get to the trade deadline. Uh, the Magic are in a position where, you know, they're, they're probably not nearing their final product. They, they probably are willing to take on some salary. They're not going to attack free agency, I think, for another year at least. Uh, and so when it comes down to the trade deadline, if there's a team that needs a backup center or needs some help at center, that's probably where Vucevic is going to find his most value as a trade asset as an inspiring contract and a player who can contribute a little bit off the bench, especially for, for a playoff team. So I think uh, the Magic still value Vucevic a little bit. They, uh, you know, he's been a, a good veteran for Bamba. He, he you know, taught him a lot of things. They're going to be used in, in very similar ways, at least offensively, early on in, their, early on in Bamba's career. And so I think the Magic you know, kind of understood that you know, this is still a guy that we want around for just, even just a little bit longer. Well, we look at the uh, the off season for the Magic, and they did uh, ink Aaron Gordon to the big deal, the max deal that he was seeking. He got it in Orlando, so he's going to be in Orlando for a good while now. Now that he signed the contract, what do the Magic expect out of Aaron Gordon moving forward for his career? Yeah, I mean, I think the Magic expects Aaron to take another leap in his game. Um, you know, last year was a breakout season for him. He finally seemed to to find himself on the floor, so. They, they invested. They gave him the big contract, seventy-six million dollars over four years. And, and isn't isn't the max, but it, it's a big deal. I mean, he's now the highest paid player on the team, and, and with that does come some responsibility. I think the Magic expect Gordon to be a bit be a bigger leader on the team, not just scoring more points, but doing the little things it takes to win games. And, and there's still going to be some growing pains because Gordon hasn't won at all in his career. But 
they're expecting him to take his game to another level, to, to take what he did last year, build off of the things that he learned and maybe some of the mistakes that he made, and go from go from that to to uh, to you know maybe being an all star. You know, and, and really, uh, you know, I think Steve Clifford really said it best. Um, you know, we were interviewing him on media day. Clifford was kind of off to the side taking photos, and he was shouting, "All defensive team! All defensive team!" A, a lot of what I think the Magic want to see him do is become a true two-way player, something that you know, he came into the league as a really strong defender, and, and, and he is a really strong defender, but last year maybe took a bit of a step back as he focused more on his scoring. So I think they want to see him kind of return to those roots a little bit more, as well as add some efficiency and playmaking to his offensive game. That, that they have high expectations for him, especially as some other young guys continue to grow. We take a look at the Magic's backcourt, and uh, Evan Fournier is still there. But uh, as far as point guards are concerned, not a lot of depth at point guard for the Magic, and I thought that would be an issue they would address in the offseason. What's the point guard position look like in Orlando for this upcoming year? It's probably the number one debate or point of contention among Magic fans right now is is the situation at point guard. It's it's not at all ideal, and, and and I think, you know, there's several articles, several people would say the Magic have one of the worst point guard situations in the league. And, you know, there's, there's plenty of arguments to be made that, yes, the Magic should have addressed, addressed it. But, unfortunately, Orlando had very, very limited resources and free agency. I think, as things stand today, they, they only have about uh, $6 million of their mid-level exception, and, and they decided not to use that. They didn't find a point guard that, that they liked for that amount. I mean, you could certainly argue that Isaiah Thomas would have been someone to go after, but Maybe they weren't comfortable with his injury history. You know, the Magic have an obsession with length. Maybe they want the ball in Aaron Gordon's hands a little bit more. And so they didn't want a ball-dominant point guard like, like him. So they've stuck with the group that they have and, and some of the guys that they brought in. D.J. Augustin, for all that he is, and, and you know, he's, he's definitely got some flaws, is, is a consistent point guard. Last year, he was the team's best shooter, shooting 40% from beyond the arc. Uh, when he took over the starting role after they traded Alfred Payton, he put up some solid counting numbers. Into some like 12, 13, 14 points per game and, uh, you know, five or six assists per game. He was, he was a very solid player for Orlando overall. He helped pace the team. He gets everyone in the right spot. He's just a good leader to have, and, and, and you're going to get a lot of consistency from him, um, at least if he can do what he did last year. Augustine has a nasty habit of following up good years with bad years and bad years with good years. Last year was a good year, so I think um, that, that's a little bit of a concern as well. I mean, not the strongest defensive player. Um, definitely not the long-term answer for this team, um, but I think they feel very comfortable with his veteran presence. But behind him are definitely some more unproven guys. They've got Jerry and Grant, who's kind of bounced around the league a little bit in his first three years, hasn't really gotten a clear opportunity and has struggled to find his place in the NBA uh, with his skill set uh, that, that he has. And, and he can be a very good player, but he hasn't shown it yet in three years. And, I, and, and this is a do-or-die year for him. And then they added Isaiah Briscoe, who, is coming over from from us from the Russian league, playing in Estonia actually, uh, where he was an all-star and and is a great scorer, can get to the basket, but hasn't proven himself as a shooter or really as a as a passer and distributor at the point guard position. And so the team is going to be a little bit point guard by committee, I think most of the year. I think they see Augustine as the most consistent and reliable option at the moment, but that can change very quickly. And, and obviously, point guards going to be position the Magic are going to have to fill um, at some point in the future. Well, another guy that I looked at a couple of years ago and thought would be the the cream of the crop out of the draft, and uh, I think if there's going to be a year where he shines, it'll be this season, is Jonathan Isaac. Um, the Magic have been kind of quiet on him, and you don't hear much about what his development looks like, how he's doing from the mainstream media. 
But he's definitely one of the better players, I think, with potential to come out in the past few years. Uh, what's Jonathan Isaac's role as this team goes forward and as he develops and gets back? Uh, he's had a rough first year and then played a little more last year. So what's he looking like? I think, I think this, this team sees Isaac as, as a very big piece to, to the puzzle for this team. He's, he, he is, in, in a lot of ways, kind of the ideal player that, that they're looking for. And obviously, if you look at their draft history, they've taken players very much like Isaac, guys who are, you know, have long wingspans. Uh, that, that, that's a favorite word around, around town here in Orlando. Um, he's a guy that can play multiple positions. He's a versatile defender. He's a defensive-minded guy. Uh, you know, his offense is just something that's going to have to come along. And, and last year, his rookie year was, was really a redshirt year with the injury that he had, playing only 27 games. This year is going to feel very much like his rookie year. But at the same time, he's a guy that, that already knows kind of what to expect at the NBA level. Um, Isaac, to me, is a future all-defensive first-team player. I, I think he's already the best defensive player on the team. I think he's going to be the guy that, that's going to guard the best. You know, when the Lakers come to town, they're going to tell Jonathan Isaac, you got LeBron. And I think they're going to trust him to, to do his best on LeBron, and, and he'll do about as good as anyone else on the, on the team can do against him. Uh, he, he, I think he's, he's that kind of level, of, or he will eventually be that kind of level of, of defender uh, at some point in the future. Um, but I think the expectations are still kind of managed. They've they got to let him grow. They've got to let him get comfortable in the NBA. He's got to figure out how to, how to score and, and, and be assertive at, at times offensively, which I think was a problem of his at Florida State. Um, but he's still going to kind of play a secondary role this year. Um, they're going to they're gonna give him more when he's ready to take more. He's probably going to find himself in the starting lineup at some point because he's really a, a big key to this team's future. Um, you know, if, if the Magic have a core, it's, it's Gordon, Isaac, and Bamba. Those are the three guys that, that this team truly cares, that truly cares about and their, about their development. And, and I think that's, 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 that's a big statement to come for, for Isaac, who, you know, I agree with you. I think he, he is a rookie that no one really talked about because he didn't really play a lot in, in, a, in a strong rookie class. But I think he's right up there with a lot of, a lot of those guys. Who's a guy for the Magic uh, this year that, that we're not talking about or really nobody's really looking at, maybe a, a sleeper, if you will, who's going to come out and produce for this team? Because uh, Magic's a team that's not getting talked about a lot right now. Everyone's just expecting them to be back in the lottery again. But uh, is there possibly anyone on this team that nobody's talking about that could be a big producer this season? I mean, I think the guy that, that no one's really talking about is Terrence Ross. Um, you know, he's a guy that, that like Isaac, was injured early last season. He was injured around Thanksgiving, uh, played, I think, only 21, 22 games, something like that. Um, broke, broke, his, broke his leg and, and came back late in the season. But this is a guy that, that's always been really, really consistent throughout, throughout his entire time in the NBA, um, you know, averaging 12 points per game, whether he's in a starting role or a bench role. I mean, he's not the player everyone wanted him to be, especially you know, being a guy who's part of the 50-point club uh, in a single game. I think everyone thinks he can be that every night, and that's not really who he is. But He's a guy that fills in a lot of gaps for a team. I mean, he'll spread the floor. He'll help the Magic with their with their lack of three point shooting. Um, you know, you can start him at either guard position, at either guard or forward position. Uh, he's a guy that that plays really good defense, in my opinion, as well. Um, he's just a good veteran to have around. And and you know, yeah, even when we get to trade deadline time, he's an expiring contract. And I think he's a guy that a lot of teams in the playoff hunt are going to value and look at as a possible trade acquisition as well. Um, Ross is just someone that kind of does whatever his team needs that night. And so sometimes that means he's shooting the ball a lot and scoring 20 points per game. Sometimes that means he's just spreading the floor and creating some gravity. And I 
Well, Philip, thank you so much for giving me so much of your time, and I'm sorry about the audio. We've had a little bit of a technical difficulty here on my end. Hopefully I can get that straightened out, but I thank you for powering through with me and giving us some magic updates, and we hope to have you back real soon, and uh, hopefully we'll get these technical issues cleared up, and next time you're on, we will get dive even deeper into the Orlando Magic, and we wish the Magic the best of luck this season. Uh, real quickly, do you think playoffs are a possibility this year? Uh, you know, there is a universe where this team makes the playoffs. There's absolutely an opportunity to do that, especially in the Eastern Conference. But so many things have to go right. So many questions that we have about this team have to be answered almost perfectly for that to happen. And the chances of that happening are, are just not there. I, I think this team is better. Uh, certainly, I think they were better than the 25-win team that they were last year. But I think this team takes a step forward but ultimately falls short of the playoffs, probably sitting in the low 30s as far as the went total. All right. Well, Phil Rossman-Reich, ladies and gentlemen, from the Orlando Magic Daily. Phil, can you let our listeners know where they can find you and uh, check up and keep up with the Magic? The best place to go to, to check, check us out is at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. You can check me out on Twitter at r underscore omb. And don't forget to check out our podcast, Locked On Magic, Daily Magic Podcast on iTunes and pretty much everywhere else you can find podcasts. All right. Well, Phil, thanks again for jumping on. And again, sorry about the technical issues. Hopefully we can get that resolved, but uh, we do appreciate your time and thank you so much for being on the show as much as many times you have been and being a loyal supporter. And we appreciate your work. No problem. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, and uh, the wonders of technology never cease to amaze. Yeah. You're telling me. All right. Thanks again, Phil. We'll talk to you next time. No problem. Thank you. No problem. My love, too sexy for my love, love's going to leave. WowFreeCam.com is the number one cam site on the internet, and they are our gracious sponsors, and we want to invite you to check them out over at WowFreeCam.com. Anything you could imagine and whatever you want is just one click away if you go to WowFreeCam.com. What's some of the things you could check out over on WowFreeCam.com? Motorboat? Play the motorboat? Yeah. You Or you could be into two chicks at the same time, man. Whatever it is that you're looking up for, WowFreeCam.com will leave you with one reaction and one reaction only. You won't want to miss out all the fun going on at WowFreeCam.com. So be sure to show them some love and go over. Hey, it's in the name. It's all free. Must be 18 or older to access the website, but make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun going on over at WowFreeCam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. And we want to thank our sponsors at WowFreeCam.com for everything they do for the show. They are great, great people over there, and you should check them out at WowFreeCam.com. Dot com. Well, joining me is the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only from Palatial Clifton Heights, the man himself, Mr. T.R. Shock, Tom Robinson, ladies and gentlemen. Yowza, yowza, yowza. Uh, busy man, this uh, T.R. Don't have a lot to yes, show for it, but 
<clears throat> but I have a vested interest in this great NBA program, Wide Men Can't Jump. And uh, I got a little surprise confirmation is why it kind of took me a little long on my own. But uh, uh, at 9 o'clock, we'll be joined by Joe Bodybags Piper to talk a little MMA. He's got a fight this week. Oh. oh, wow. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Joe Bodybags, man. What what a great fighter he is. Uh, we'll talk... We'll talk to him a little later. That's really cool, and we venture off into other areas here with um, with the basketball show, and this is kind of a little bit of a preview of what may be coming up in the near future um, for us here at Wide Men Can't Jump because we're, we're trying to do anything and everything. So that's a really good get, T.R. That's awesome that he's going to join us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm lucky and fortunate enough to have a neighbor, the great, Sam Urapiza, uh, Bellator fighter, Pride, Strike Force, you name it. I might be messing things up or forgetting things, but he's a killer as well. So we all, he asked me to keep it to 15 minutes because it's fight week and he wants Joe to get all the rest oh. he can. So don't let me go over 15 minutes because Sam lives too close and I don't feel like getting knocked out. Yeah, yeah. If he knocks you out, then I'm going to probably, by the time I make it up there to revive you, you're not, <laughs> we may have to pronounce, call it, you know what I mean? But <laughs> Yeah, I'll be dead. No, that's really, yeah, it's really cool, though, that he's uh, he's coming on. I've kind of followed him as much as I could in the MMA world. So that's really awesome that, he, that he's going to jump on. And you'll hear that here at 9 o'clock. But for now, we're going to get you a little, uh, little basketball talk here, TR. Is that cool with you? That's, yes, sir. Well, um, one thing I noticed on on Twitter, you may not have saw this, but um, the tweeter was a Sixers insider, one of the only Sixers insiders who probably hasn't been on this show, and that would be Kyle uh, Newbeck tweeted out Markel Fultz taking a jump shot from the corner. It was contested, and he was falling away, and it went in. And he tweeted, even though this is just screwing around, last season this would have been unfathomable. So, uh, Fultz, looks like the jumper is developing somewhat. You know, I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm trying to be, uh, you know, non-critical. There's no reason to be critical of my favorite team in the NBA. As we don't have to beat up uh, anymore, I did not like him going number one to us. That was a Brian Colangelo move. He was god-awful, mentally ill last year with the yips, as they call him. Um, spent time with Drew Hanlon this summer. And, and yes, he, uh, he changed his whole form. He doesn't, people are saying, oh, he looks like he did at Washington. No, not at all. Completely different shot. It's more of a set shot, but he has such a long wingspan. I guess Hanlon took that into consideration that it won't be easy to block because he goes about six four, six five, and he has that long wingspan. So his release point is is pretty high. And yes, uh, knock on wood, he's 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 made some jumpers, made some threes. Looks pretty good. Um, not going to rag on him. Going to go say go Sixers until I have a reason not to. Uh, that's my vow and my, and you know, my promise, but, uh, Hey, if the kid turns out good, I, I predicted he would score 17.3 specifically. I, I put 17.3. I don't know why, but 17, uh, let's just say 17 a game this year, but I don't think they will be as important a 17 as people will make out. I just think he's 
blessed with the natural ability to score. And if he keeps his head right, uh, you know, he's showing he can shoot a little bit. So, you know, cross my fingers. Yeah. Um, another thing, and, and TR, look, I may gloat here a little bit. I'm starting to see, I saw two tweets online from the, the writers and the experts that we follow on uh, Twitter. Two tweets that I found very interesting. Number one, and this tweet I saw today, this tweet said, the Brooke Lopez signing in the offseason was one of the most important signings that no one talked about. I don't know who this gentleman was listening to, but he sure as hell wasn't listening to Wide Men Can't Jump because you and I, sir, pointed out how big that signing was. Yeah, well, I mean, it could be parallel thinking. Great minds think alike, but it would be nice to uh, to know that the people are finally listening because we're pretty dead on when it comes to NBA hoops. Well, then I saw another tweet, and this one, and this one really, I was really baffled. Somebody tweeted out, you know, this Chicago team looks pretty good. They may not be bad. Well, I wonder who the hell said that. (laughs) Uh, There was two gentlemen, and I think they're both on the line right now, that have have said watch out for that eighth seed. Uh, I'm a little concerned that marketing got banged up in one of those games I read down on the ticker. but Yeah, Yeah, he's not playing uh, tonight. Jabari Parker with uh, with healthy knees was, you know, right there as a question mark of whether it would be he or Wiggins, number one in that draft. And, of course, the then-hurt Joel Embiid. But, uh, you know, the guy can play, and he's in his hometown. If he oh, yeah. just plays a tiny bit of defense and, uh, you know, whatever, it's, it's like, you know what, though? I, I caught a little bit of the Sixers Orlando the other night, and uh, it's like Orlando's improved. It seems like everybody except Atlanta has improved um, in the East. Um, well, Cleveland obviously losing LeBron, but and Trey Young's looking pretty good with the behind the back passes and stuff. A little bit that I've seen, but um, Orlando, it was like one big man after another. It was like, you know, besides our guy, Mo Bamba, who besides getting in foul trouble, shooting threes and so forth. And another, another thing we can claim is being high on, on Mo Bamba. I almost called him Obama. Um, anyway, <laughs> <clears throat> but I mean, they, Jonathan Isaac is coming into his own and, uh, you know, you got, you still got Vucevic and, uh, you know, Aaron Gordon's got to earn all that money he just signed for. So, and there's probably two or three guys I'm forgetting uh, that were playing low post and pretty strong. So, um, I guess you just talked to Philip, right? Yeah. Yeah. I talked to Philip earlier and, uh, he came on and we broke down uh, all the Mavericks players you could, or not Mavericks, magic players you could think about. And, uh, he was talking about Jonathan Isaac and he said, uh, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, Aaron Gordon, that's your three right there who are going to really shape the future of the Orlando Magic. And he's right. He's dead on. And I even said before I played the interview, Philip knows the Magic better than probably anybody listening knows their wife or mother. Uh, he knows everything about this team. He was naming off guys here. And you know how how close I follow the league. He was naming off people I'd never heard of. Like, he named off a Russian 
uh, all star that the Magic are bringing over, and I'm just like, who? <laughs> and so, yeah, that's how well this guy knows his stuff. Like he's a, he's a, a pro when it comes to the Orlando Magic. Uh, it'll start this season, in my opinion. I think we've touched on it before, and and, and stretch into next season where it's going to be a changing of the guard. I believe some of these younger guys are going to come into their own, and uh, the Warriors are going to take a step yeah. down, and 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 LeBron is 16 years on those legs, 33 this year, I believe, or is he 34 yet? Um, uh, he's getting up irrega- there. He's getting irregardless, he's getting up there, and. You know, with every sport, it's also a business, and they need new stars. And it seems like I got a good crop of young guys coming out. Well, you can look at it. It's kind of parallel right now with where the NFL is heading. Um, if you look at, you know, the NFL to kind of cross over, the NFL has, um, you know, Brady's on getting up there. He's like forty-four, I think, or maybe a little younger than that, but. Uh, He's getting up there. Rodgers is starting to show that he's vulnerable a little bit. Roethlisberger's not what he once was. Um, and then you see rookies like or younger guys like Mahomes is stepping up and turning into just an elite player, Jared Goff. And if you cross over to the NBA, you've got guys. you got, you know, uh, the Greek freak who's going to be just a the next big superstar, in my opinion. He's going to be the next big thing. Um, and then you go even younger than that. You see these guys coming out of college, and they're already hyping R.J. Barrett, who's just now getting into his first year of college. Zion Williamson has a following. Uh, you look at the draft this year, which was star-studded. Marvin Bagley and Trey Young and all these highly touted players. You know, Mo Bamba and Luka Doncic. Luka. Is, is basically – Luka's being preached as the second coming of Dirk Nowinski. So, I mean – the NBA is in good hands in terms of star power. And you, you don't even talk about guys like Jaron Jackson, who went number four overall and probably had the best summer league of any of the of the rookies that were out there. And the league's in good hands. Like, we're not going to be lacking for stars. You know, James Harden and all those guys, they're in their prom. Um, but the old guard is about to change over. You're going to see a new crop of athletes come up, and it's going to be kind of like the uh, the changeover. It's it's about to happen, and it's going to be interesting to see the balance of power and how it shifts. Because right now, a lot of Eastern Conference teams are stacking up on young talent, so we'll see what happens in that. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, uh, you know, I, I kind of bust a stone sometimes about being a little too cop. Confident and cocky. I was trying to say at the same time. Joel Embiid is a real. I mean, the Sixers are the darling team. They were voted on. Um, uh, Zach Lowe voted them the most exciting league pass team to watch. And you know, as much as I gripe about them, as far as just from a, a viewing standpoint, you're always going to see a look away pass or a or a Joel Embiid uh, slam dunk or you know just about anything and everything in Sixers games. One thing I can't say is that they're not entertaining. So, you know, uh, Embiid and, uh, you know, Simmons, I mean, I keep trying to dig up that drama like I did last week with uh, Tom Moore and Keith Pompey of a Kobe-Shaq situation. Maybe it's just my wishful thinking because I'm TMZ-like and controversy equals catch, cash, as they say. Um but I, I think there'll be some something else will show up this year. I'm sure. 
Yeah, I have to agree with you, TR. Um, I think the and we're going to look into this. I, I want to look into this after we talk uh, with our guest here in a little bit. But um, I have pulled up, and a little later we'll talk this. The um, over-under rankings, the win rankings that was released by Bleacher Report. Uh, so after Joe Bodybags Piper, I think we can kind of roll with the show after that. Um, there's odds here that I'm looking at, odds to make the playoffs. Um, and then even got the bet, like you have to bet $100 to win how much here. Um, and they've got projected win totals. And I think me, you and I need to look at this and maybe dive into it and put our spin on it because – you know, I like to consider that we're kind of experts here, and you know, we we watch this stuff, and the, these are things that that we like to get into and, and break down. So we've got a um, we we've got some time after we talk to Joe, so we'll uh, we'll definitely look at that a little bit later. But right now, I do want to bring up this. Um, there was a poll taken last season on who was the best international player. Now, they did it again this year. Who's the best international player in the NBA? Who do you think won that vote? Well, I know who should have won, um, and that would be the Greek Freak. And he did with uh, 73% of the vote. He did win? He did. 73% of the vote labeled right. him as the best NBA international player this season. Number two on that list was Chris Stapp's Porzingis at 10%. Number three, uh, tied for third and fourth, Luka Doncic from Dallas at 7%, Nikola Jokic at 7% from Denver, and rounding out the top five, Mark Gasol at 3%. Joel Embiid, while we like to give him a lot of crap, Joel Embiid did not receive a single vote as best international player in the league. Now, T.R., I know we give him down the road about some of the stupid things he does off the court. But Luka Doncic is unproven. Nikola Jokic is good, and so is Gasol. But Gasol and and Jokic, I'm taking Embiid over both of those guys. I don't understand those those voting. I thought you were setting me up for Embiid being number one and Greek Freak being number two um, for me to be uh, questioning their poll. But... Um, the only thing I can think of that makes logical sense where you wouldn't have Embiid, you know, at least three at the very least, uh, would be since he's kind of, uh, what's the word, Americanized, since he's been here for a while and he's from Kansas. But Maybe, but, but at the same time, he's still an international player. Like, he wasn't here very long at Kansas. Like, that would be like saying Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, since he played in Houston, you know, he, he wasn't international, but he was. Right. I don't know. Right. I, you know, that that's a a tremendous oversight if, if they considered him in the mix because he's certainly a dominant center and, uh, you know, healthy. And that's the big question. If he can stay healthy, he's uh sky's the limit for the guy. So. You know, yeah, he, I would, I would probably have him right behind, unless I'm missing somebody from my brain because I've been scattered today. But I would probably put him right behind uh, the Greek Freak, and uh, you know, today in the early October, 
but I've said it even in the summer, and it's your fault for making me look at his game closer. I'll always say that. Uh, Giannis, who I thought was just a highlight reel, and then I really examined his game and examined the kind of person he is and how hard he works and so forth. When a guy seeks out Kobe Bryant in the offseason to put in the work, that's the guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. That's the guy I want on my team. And nobody's talking about the Bucks at all which I think the team that took Boston the seven games, nobody else did last year. And if it's on his back alone, not not that he has a bad team, but, you know, just he's like LeBron. If he's in the game, they can be somewhere. And I'm, I'm very high on the Greek freak. Well, one team did take Boston the seven last year, other than them, and that would be Cleveland. But we won't dive into particulars. Um, nah, one thing we don't I have do... to talk about <laughs> yeah, who I... they lost to. That's 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 uh, asterisk with LeBron James factor. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I do want to look at here is the Sixers got to open the league up in the preseason, uh, playing against uh, the Melbourne United team, uh, kind of a you know an exhibition with an overseas team. Um, the minutes were pretty balanced. Uh, I was kind of surprised we didn't see Emeka Okafor check into the game, but other than that, it's about what I expected. Shake Milton didn't play. Um, I'm assuming due to his injury. Uh, T.J. McConnell got 12 minutes. I think it's a little ridiculous. I think he should have played more than that, but hey, what do I know? Um, six points, two assists, two steals, and a rebound for McConnell, and he uh, it finished plus three. Of course he did. He's always going to steal the ball. I mean, the guy, yeah. just, he's just um, a hustler. He's everything Philadelphia is, is all about. Well, Embiid finished at 20 points, 10 rebounds, plus 17 in the plus minus, so that was a, a good night for him. Uh, Sarich, uh, I know you love you some Sarich. 12 points, three rebounds, finished at plus 13 in the plus minus. One of the biggest shockers, though, uh, plus 19, Ben Simmons. Eight points, eight rebounds, 14 assists, two steals. Uh, went four of nine shooting, though. So that's a poor shooting percentage from Simmons. So something he'll have to work on. But he did finish at plus 19. Yeah, athletically and uh, speaking, and, and you know, gifted, et cetera. You know, he he may be other than who we already talked about with Giannis and a handful of others, the most most athletic player in the game, and that's going to yeah. come out in the triple doubles and so forth. You know, again, if if you want to yeah. walk the, or talk to talk rather. Walk the walk and don't score one point against the Celtics in a key playoff game. You know what I'm saying? I uh, yeah, and only put up eight against this Melbourne United team. I mean, man, you got to get double figures, man. I'm sorry. I know you're passing the ball, but you got to score. You got to against this team. Yeah, you finish at plus nineteen. How hard is it to play defense against you know an overseas team? You're an NBA team for God's sakes. Yeah, I mean uh, he's. he's- He's obviously passed first, and that's what drives you crazy because he'll be a foot from the basket, and he'll be looking to make Sports Center with a behind the back pass. But you know, if he just shoots a little bit more, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, um, JJ Reddick shot very poorly from three the other night, two of seven, twenty eight percent. He did finish at plus eight. He had thirteen points, but not his best shooting performance. Um, one guy, though, who I think is going to be a pleasant surprise for the Sixers if they keep him is Mike Miscola. Eight points, seven rebounds. Uh, he went 
one of three from three, but he did shoot uh, 50% from the floor, finished at plus three and the plus minus, gave good minutes there. Um, could be kind of a uh, – it's almost like they have an abundance of small forwards at this point in time, TR. They've got Muscola, Chandler, Robert Covington, who had a decent game. There, there's quite a few players on this team all vying for the same position. I, I don't think they're going to keep Muscola. I think they'll go with Covington instead for the defensive factor. But um, I think he's, he could have some potential for the Sixers. Yeah, like I said, I'm trying to be optimistic. I won't be on a bitch fest because they didn't screw up a draft pick or anything. Well, they did. I'm sorry, I was wrong. They did screw up several draft picks this year, but not <laughs> not the not the number one overall. Um, but at the end of the day, they're my favorite team, obviously, since I was a little kid. Um, and uh, you know, they didn't get that big free agent. They're putting all their chips down on Markel uh, being that guy, and as you said, you know, the pickups like Muscala and um, Wilson Chandler, et cetera. And maybe, just maybe, when you mentioned all the bodies at the same position, maybe they're just expecting the injuries that come every year with these freaking guys. I was very happy, though, um, the other night. I, I heard it on the radio a little bit. Uh, Landry Schmidt hit a three or an open jumper or something. I didn't even know he was back yet. So, if if he if he got some playing time and uh, um, uh Jesus I'm forgetting the, the I love the guy he scored forty in summer league what's the guy's name from goddamn Croatia or wherever uh, oh God you asked me too quick um I'm looking here hold on the um uh Korkmaz yeah Furkan Korkmaz my bad it's just slip because I, the day's been so rushed. Um, You're fine. This guy is just so, like, he could be a – like, he's a younger uh, Bellinelli in that he can light it up. He can shoot from anywhere and, and drop 15 points in a few seconds, you know. Um, that's slight exaggeration, but you get my point. He's But the, the, the liability there is the defensive end. And – when it comes down to playoff time, they couldn't cover, you know, Jason Tatum and all those athletes yeah. and the big old head um, in Boston, et cetera. So, yeah, Horford and all those guys. Well, yeah, and, Horford and Boston, and, and, Boston ended up, uh, speaking of them, they had the game later that night. Uh, they lost to the Hornets. Of course, it's preseason. Don't anybody get too excited about wins and losses. Uh I never do. No. But uh, Gordon Hayward did make his return to the court. Uh, played 22 and a half minutes, 10 points, three rebounds. Although he did have a horrible night shooting the ball, one of five from three. He finished at minus 14. So Hayward trying to get back in the swing of things. Um, so it, it's going to take a little time. He's been off for a long time now uh, trying to rehab that injury. Um but he and Kyrie and, and Brown and Tatum, they all played about 20 to 23 minutes the other night. You know, not a long night for anybody. Um, saw some young guys get in, so that's good. And uh, Ty, Terry Rozier, looking as good as Teddy Rozier still looks. Finished at plus 12, 11 points, four rebounds. Yeah, in the case of Hayward, I mean, it's just – it's. It, it seems to happen, uh, 
and we have an MMA tie-in tonight. Um, Anderson Silva, of course, had that gruesome one, and uh, the kid Ware yeah, to play for Louisville, and uh, Paul George. These elite athletes, Sid, Sid Vicious in pro wrestling, these elite athletes. Tyler Eifert the other day. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I was trying to think of who just did it. Um, they just have these uh, gruesome injuries where you think, oh, my goodness, the, the, that person's done forever. But the will, determination, and the God-given, um, you know, pedigree and ability and, and physical uh, uh, strength, work ethic, for lack of a better term, all that combined, these guys are bouncing back within a year and, and playing at the highest level. It, it never ceases to amaze, to amaze me. Yeah, I mean, you see it, and I don't know how they do it, but the re- those doctors deserve a huge raise. Um, one thing I did want to look at here, as I'm looking through some preseason action, the Timberwolves, the dysfunctional Timberwolves, pick up a win. So don't breathe too much into it, but uh, they did get a win, 114 to 110 over the Golden State Warriors of all people. Um, but again, not breathing too much into it. Curry, Thompson, Durant all uh, scored and looked great, of course. Uh, Draymond Green, 2-4 and 8 uh, at plus 7. But the bench kind of struggled a little bit for the Warriors. Uh, Cook only had 5, Iguodala with 4. Jerkabo didn't even score, and he finished at minus 9. Cook finished at minus 11. Jacob Evans had just a putrid night. Four points, two rebounds, uh, two of six from shooting, uh, minus 18 in the plus minus. So, rough one for the bench. But, the I mean, the Warriors are probably going to win it all this year, so we're not breathing too much into it. But looking at the dysfunctional bull, the excuse me, Bulls. Yeah, yeah the Bulls. Uh, they're going to sound like the yeah. Bulls here in a second, folks. Um, the Wolves. Uh, you see, Wiggins had 11 and four. He finished at plus five, one of three shooting from three, only four of 11 on on shooting. So only 36% shooting for Wiggins. So at least he's, he's out there shooting. So he's not passing them up. Uh, Towns goes 12 and six. Um, he goes five of eight from the floor, 100% from three at one, just one of one. But he does finish at minus two. So the defense has not picked up, uh, in case you hadn't noticed that. Um but, of course, these first-teamers were out guarding, you know, Curry and Thompson and Durant. So, Derrick Rose had 16. Um, Jeff Teague had 17. Anthony Tolliver came out. He played 30 minutes in this game. Now, somebody tell me what the hell is a man playing 30 minutes in a damn preseason game for, T.R.? Can you tell me that? That's your coach, buddy. I, I He's a dumbass. I don't know. 30 minutes. And this dude's old. It's a preseason game, yeah. for God's sake. 15 points, five rebounds, two assists. He goes five of ten shooting from three, finishes at plus ten. And so he shot the ball well. Our rookies, Akogi had ten and five, Bates Diop six and six. Uh, Akogi finishes at plus nine, Bates Diop at minus one. Lou Aldang did get in the game for those that care. Six points, four rebounds, uh, finished at plus three. So the Wolves get a win, but... I don't know. This season, I have no real viable excitement until the Jimmy Butler trade is done. There's rumors of Miami being linked with Butler. 
and trying to get him down there, trying to ship him and getting Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow, maybe Kelly Olenek, guys like that in return. So there's some talk of that, and I would be totally okay with that. I would enjoy having those guys for Butler. I think that would I'll tell you what. Uh, Go ahead. I'll let you finish. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm done. If you get that – Kamora arm breaker uh, Kelly Olenek up there to just bully people. Uh, that's that's kind of the toughness that Wiggins and uh, Towns don't have that Butler objected so much to. If you get Olenek up yeah. there in the mix with those guys that kind of quote-unquote protect his superstar, superstars uh, almost in a uh, slightly more talented Birdman role when he used to play with LeBron in them. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah. You can, uh, I mean, of course, Justice, Justice Winslow is a decent player. Who else did you say would be in that package? Uh, I heard Josh Richardson. I heard um, <sighs> Josh Richardson, Kelly Olenek, and possibly Justice Winslow is the, uh, is kind of the price that, that's being asked at the moment right now. So it's, uh, I'm not sure yet. We'll uh, we'll just have and to wait and see. If if Wade's still down there uh, playing or not playing, he better you know stay with his wife if Jimmy Butler's headed that way. <laughs> so true. Butler, <laughs> he he likes some he likes himself some Gabrielle Union apparently. I don't know. I don't know what those tweets were all about. So. I saw that. I saw that on Instagram. <laughs> by the way we do have a a message from a listener uh i talked about the celtics winning nick hoff just messaged me and said bullshit the celtics are taking down the dickheads out west so that's a direct quote from mr hoff (laughs) there you go Uh, you know i can't say that because it's sacrilegious to be a philadelphia guy and, and root for boston but um let's just say i understand i'll say this if it comes down to those two teams, I will throw on a green jersey. I will be pulling so hard for the Boston Celtics and, and that team. I will root so hard for them. So, that that would be fun. That would be fun to see. Um, here's an interesting poll that just popped up, TR. I know we'll get back to preseason in just a minute. Um, which player would you want taking the shot with the game on the line? So, I'll give you five guys here. And you got to tell me which one you would want to have to take the game-winning shot. Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. Which guy are you picking to take that game winner? Steph. You're picking Steph. Uh, it, didn't even, it didn't even take me a minute. Uh, I mean, LeBron last year uh, did some incredible uh, late work, but you know, if you remember when they won the title, it was Kyrie who sunk that three-pointer that, that put the nail in the coffin. And uh, although LeBron is obviously the best in the world, I'd I'd rather Steph, uh, even, even over Durant, because Durant, before he got the Golden State, sometimes had that big dopey look on his face where he'd screw up in the fourth quarter. Granted, these guys have matured, but Steph's always been a guy who, give me the ball, I'll take it from half court, and I'll, I'll nail it. So that's that's my guy. Well. Let me hedge what I'm about to say here. If it's against the Toronto Raptors, I want LeBron James to shoot every single time. That's 
<laughs> I'm kidding. But if it's in the Eastern Conference playoffs, yeah, I want LeBron. But I'm going to have to go with Durant because that man had a killer instinct last season, it looked like to me. So I would pick Durant. So here was the result of the poll. 40% chose Kevin Durant, 27% Steph Curry, 17% LeBron James, 10% Kyrie Irving, and 7% went with James Harden. And Harden, Nick Hoff uh, said he would have taken Durant to sh- to shoot the ball there. So, well, I mean, Durant in his current where he where he plays now, it's kind of like no pressure whatsoever, even in a high pressure buzzer beater, um, because they're just so damn good when they want to play, they can beat anybody. But uh, you know, I'm sick of them. I'm hoping that they take that into the regular season and take some nights <laughs> off and and. And do not get that number one seed. That's what I'm hoping. Well, they didn't have it last year, and it didn't seem to affect them too much. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. No, no. But uh, um, you know. yeah. So I, one team I wanted to look at the other night. Um, they played the Beijing Ducks the other night, and that would be the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they had one of the guys that you and I have been watching and kind of excited to see play was uh, Luka Doncic as Doncic made his uh, debut. And did you see the crossover that he had on that guy? I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter or Facebook or anything. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he made him look no, silly. I was, I, I was still fixated on his hot mom. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Never mind. Um, it's true. Though. You ain't wrong. <laughs> no, but yeah, of course I'm ugh. kidding. Yeah, he's, you know, he's um, – Obviously, a young guy who's grew up watching like the new era of the crossover and the um, putting the N one you know street ball mix into a regular game scenario, and it's just if you do it the right way and just don't play all street ball and just mix it up, he's a guy who's got everything, and uh, I just hope he stays healthy because it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, here's the stat line from the other night. Of course, again, preseason, Beijing Ducks, Beijing, Beijing, Beijing. As you can tell, I'm not averse in Chinese. Luka Doncic, 16 points, six rebounds, two assists, three blocks, by the way. Had three blocks. Went five of seven from shooting and went three of six from downtown. Um, Or no, excuse me, that's from the free throw line. So struggled on his free throws. But I uh, went three or four from beyond the arc, 75% shot there. Finished it. Get ready for this. Plus 26, <laughs> Luka Doncic finished for the game. Jesus. Uh, hold on. That's not even the best player. Finney Smith for the Mavericks, seven points, five rebounds, two assists. He finished at plus 27. But wait, there's more. The top finisher from the game, you'll love this, eight points, Three rebounds, four assists, one steal, shot, two of four from downtown, plus 29, Jalen Brunson. My man. Villanova in yeah, his did, house. Did it in 17, almost 18 minutes. So, Jalen Brunson, tell you what, you're going to be a closet Mavericks fan. They got your boy Luca. They got Jalen. So, you're getting excited there. Costas Antetokounmpo actually played, too. Eight points, two rebounds, uh, finished at plus twenty, and he only played wow. six. And he only played. He only played nine minutes. Yeah, background. Josh, Josh Brown better be uh, 
optimistic this season. I mean, Man, let's not get crazy. Were, and if the Mavericks were in the East, they'd be a playoff team. They would. I think that's. I don't think that's a crazy statement. No, nah, but um, then of course LeBron makes his debut with the Lakers. Uh, they play the Nuggets. I believe it was on a out in San Diego. Nuggets get the win. Look quickly at the Nuggets here. Um, just business as usual. Enough scoring all over the place. My goodness, they had one, two, three, four, five, seven guys in double figures in points. Um, apparently, I didn't know this. <clears throat> they have Michael Beasley on this squad as well. I, I did not know that. Uh, on what, the Lakers? Missed. No, on the Nuggets. Didn't he get moved to the Lakers? What they do? Get rid of him? I'm, I'm also, not, maybe dude, on that. He's. I thought he was on the Lakers for a minute, but no, he's on the Nuggets right now, and he had hmm. twelve points and finished at plus twenty eight. Maybe he didn't kiss the ring of LeBron or something in the uh, maybe uh, pre preseason or well the training of summer workouts or something. I, I thought he was in LA, but uh, I, I thought him. so too. But Trey Lyles, fourteen points, seven rebounds. Finished at plus thirty-two for the game. That's a that's a I believe a game high. Yeah, it's definitely a game high. I think what what's going on here is you see the Nuggets had a lot of their starters finishing at like uh, Jamal Jamal Murray finished at minus nine, Will Barton minus seven, Jokic minus eight, Millsap minus nine, guys like that. Then you flip it over and you see the bench and you see the difference. And that's where the difference is going to be for the Nuggets. They have. Uh, Hernan Gomez at plus 29, Plumlee at plus 27, Lyles at plus 32, uh, Marcus or uh, Markeith Morris at plus 30, Michael Beasley at plus 28. So they are really going to have their bread and butter be coming off that bench. And they're just, they're going to have such a deep roster that their bench is going to make up for what their offense can't do. And they beat the Lakers uh, at the neutral site for LeBron's debut. Looking, though, at the Lakers, Ingram, 16 points. LeBron, only 9 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. He only played 15 minutes. He did finish at plus 1, where Ingram finished at minus 9. Kyle Kuzma had a just dismal night. Yes, he had 15 points, but minus 13 for him. Lance Stevenson, 12 points, minus 28 in the plus minus. Uh, Just really nothing to be excited about here for the Lakers. Uh JaVale McGee, 17 points. Just not a lot to really get excited over in terms of plus minus. And then you lose. Uh, but, again, it's preseason, so don't breathe too much into it. Yeah, I mean, you know, people are going to not like this, probably including you, but the, the couple minutes I got to look at it, um, I was missing – uh, just out of curiosity, Lonzo Ball's presence in that game, um, because other Ball, at least maybe due to the hype of his father and everything else, but I liked him at UCLA a lot. And Ingram just—it's kind of like it seems like LeBron's looking for Ingram to be like the guy he can go to and count on. And Ingram's just like preseason, but it doesn't seem like he just can accept that role yet. I don't—I don't know. It looked like LeBron and a bunch of high school dudes, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, LeBron's come out and said that the Lakers aren't going to be contenders this year, and he doesn't want anybody 
to really think that they're going to be. Uh, he's come out and, and kind of hedged his bet to begin with. LeBron's playing for, for next season, as are most everybody, I think. I think they're all trying to play for next year because other than some, some really optimistic um, fans, uh, most everyone's got Golden State penciled in to win it all. So, I don't know. It, it, it's It's really tough to gauge, and LeBron knows that I think if they can make the playoffs this year, that's going to be good for them. And he'll try to get them to the second round, but there's no guarantee. So it'll be a wait and see kind of kind of thing. Um, but th- those are just some of the preseason games I saw. Minnesota plays the Clippers tonight. So Armando Martinez, we're coming for you. I hope you know it. He actually messaged me the other day and was talking smack. I was like, it's preseason, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that's that's the nice. joy of Armando. He loves, you know, needling and having some fun outside oh, yeah. the games. And, uh, you know, I I, I hope, um, you know, when Joe calls in or whatever, it's it's kind of a light to fire because I'd love Armando to give his boxing expertise like once a week or once a month, once every two weeks, whatever we figure out, you know. Um, well, TR, yeah. uh, speak of the devil. I'll let you go ahead and introduce our next guest. Go ahead. All right. Uh, the protege slash training partner of my neighbor, uh, former Bellator fighter, former Strike Force, you name it, Sammy O, Sam Warpiz of Pride of Delco. Without further ado, the undefeated, devastating Joe Body Bags Pfeiffer. Are you there? Yeah, I'm there, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. Ah, uh, my pleasure, and uh, I got to keep this under 15 minutes because Sam lives literally across the street, and I do not want to feel that left hand. Ah, it's all good, buddy. It's all good. Uh, I apologize too if there's any background noise. I'm driving uh, a loud Mustang, so. Now it's 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 cool because I got to thank both of you because I I put this together at the last minute. I wanted to get you on before your fight this week. Um, before before we get into that. Um, I know you had a history. You're almost a, a child prodigy of, of the fight game. Can you, can you tell us about when you first got interested? Uh, yeah. Um, it kind of wasn't something that I just uh, developed an interest for. I always kind of had an interest in it because my father introduced me to jiu-jitsu at four and a half years old. Um, and that was, you know, my dad was 20-some years old when he was learning jiu-jitsu. So everything he would learn, he would come home and, kind of get me familiarized with it, even though I didn't know what I was doing in four and a half. But uh, I would say about my own passion for fighting came in about 13. And um, I really just, uh, I like being in shape. I like working out. I like the competitive side of uh, the uncertainty, of, you know, if you can beat someone or not. And, um, you know, I, I like that it was a never-ending, continuous road to constantly uh, improve upon all your skills and whatnot. So I would say about 13 years old is when I kind of wanted to actually do it, and I knew I wanted to fight. So I would say 13. Right on. Nate, you got anything for Joe? Um, yeah, Joe, uh, great having you on, uh, and thank you for your time. Uh, one thing I did want to ask was, as a guy, and I'll be the first to tell you, MMA is not my strong suit. Um, where do you you go about getting these fights booked? Like, is it kind of local stuff, or is it more established, like, maybe, like, I don't want to call it minor leagues, because everybody is leagues kick my ass. 
But uh, which, how do you go about getting fights? I, I see pictures of who the hell would want to fight? Good God, you think you eat? Um, so how do you go about getting these kind of fights? Um, so I fight for a guy named Dave Salmon and Mike Bickings. They own a promotion, and the promotion is called Art of War. Um, this is the eighth show. I jumped on board, I think, for their second or third show. Um, it's really their job. They have pretty much every pro fighter and amateur fighter's profile. I mean, it's not that hard. Um, you just pull a name and, you know, see who wants to fight. you got to make sure that it's not an, it's not a mismatch or else you're kind of going to have a shit show. Um, so, I mean, we look up. The, it's a regional market. You look up, there's plenty of fighters, man. You'd be surprised as to how many guys fight, but there's very few that will stand out um, due to life distractions and, and you know people working everyday jobs. And this isn't a this isn't a sport that if you want to be the top in that you can be distracted by three four different things. So um, apparently the guy I'm fighting thinks that you know I guess he has a shot. So um, why he would want to fight me? I mean the guy the guy must enjoy fighting. He must like fighting. He must think he has a chance. That's good for him. Um, I'm glad he feels that way, but uh, that's not going to be the outcome come Friday. And, uh, yeah, ultimately it's my promoters that find me to fight, and it's up to me and my coach, Sammy Arpiza, uh, on whether or not we think it's uh, um, a good fight or not. So, Right on. Um, I, You know, obviously you're well-versed in jiu-jitsu from a young age, um, and you kind of came up in the MMA era but, you know, I have some friends, I don't know if they're relatives, uh, Tommy Pfeiffer and the Pfeiffer family, Chris Pfeiffer, were, were boxers. I, I don't know if you're related or it's just the name, but, man, oh, man, to be on the other side of one of those shots of yours, a, a hook or an uppercut, I mean, were that, did the hand skills come natural to you early in training? Uh, so... Um, yeah, so my dad was a boxer his whole entire life, so uh, it wasn't something that came natural. And I don't like to say that it comes natural because I've worked for everything I have. Um, sure. I think there was definitely a natural ability to learn um, because I actually liked it and, and cared about it. But I wouldn't say that it was natural. I mean, I think Tommy Pfeiffer is related to my dad somehow. But then again, I didn't really know any family members outside of uh, my mom, my dad, my four sisters. So, uh, no, I couldn't tell you. I do believe he is related, though, because there's not – the Pfeiffer's is not a common name, especially with the way it's spelled. So, um, I'm sure he's related to us somewhere along the lines. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just – my dad was a boxer, so I kind of just went right into it. And uh, I believed in what he was teaching me, and, and, and I kind of got his skills, and he, and he was good. And, um you know, I just stuck with it, man. I would say that was the biggest thing. I was consistent. I stuck with it. And, uh, yeah, my father was a, a big advantage to that. And then now Sammy. So, um, I'm just working hard, man. I just work hard, and that's how you get better. You got to put the time in. If I wasn't putting the time in, I took the same every fight. I got you, man. Um, I, we, we have a mutual friend who's always smiling at your fights. I get a kick out of it when I see the pictures. Uh, Rich McGew from uh, McGew Roof and Free Plug, Rich. Um, but what I wanted to ask you, let's let's get down to brass tacks this Friday. Um, the event is at 2300 Arena, the Art of War. Um, 
tell, tell the fans listening in the Philadelphia area, or if there's any kind of way they can get it on a stream, um, your main eventing, correct? I'm main eventing, yep. All right. Uh, could you just tell uh, your opponent and, and – uh, where they can get a hold of you on Twitter and so forth and, and, and things of that nature and, and plug plug where to go. Yeah, so I have, my Instagram is bodybags uh, underscore Pfeiffer, uh, which is P-Y-F-E-R. Um, my Facebook is Joseph Pfeiffer, my full name. Uh, it's me with my hand raised uh, in one of my fights, so you can't miss it. And then uh, I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. I'm not a big Twitter guy. Uh, I think I need to get on that, though, because uh, it's a good tool. Um, yes. But as far as uh, if you guys want a prediction for the fight, more so than my social media, I think I can. Uh, I think I finish this guy inside two rounds. Ooh. Right on. Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah I think well, I- <laughs> Nate, if you, if you haven't had a chance to watch Joe fight, please get to YouTube immediately. It's uh, <laughs> it's scary and it's good that he's our friend. I saw the Chris <laughs> Allen fight. Uh, oh boy. Being a prize fighter, I only fight for money now. I, I'm not gonna beat anybody up in the street. Um, huh. I just want to—I uh, want to be a representation to just beat people up for money. As uh, as messed up as that still sounds, but you know it is what it is. I think I knocked this guy out inside two rounds. Nice. You going for a knockout or the more submission style? No, nah, I always go for the knockout, bud. <laughs> ah, okay. I, I got find, you. It'll find itself. Uh, it'll find itself, but you know we'll see how he. Uh, how he comes out. We've trained a lot of different scenarios. Um, sometimes he comes out really aggressive. Sometimes he comes out kind of hesitant. Um, but he is very aggressive, and uh, he's got power, man. He's got that old man strength. He's 36, 37. But mind you, he's got a uh, he's got a good good first round in him. And um, you know, I respect his power. So uh, you know, I think I'm ready for everything. Though I don't think he has anything that I I won't be able to uh, take on and, and, and overcome. Well, well, Joe, you're you're a combination of being humble and confident, and there's a fine line between confident and cocky. I think you're uh, I think you're riding it perfectly. I think Dana White and Scott Coker, if they haven't already been in contact, will be eventually. Um, everything I've seen on you, I've been watching MMA for a long time. My two roommates used to choke me out in 1992 back in the day, and I didn't even know what they were doing. So, um, you're one of those guys who has the if factor. I hope you continued health success so you can live your dream. And uh, let's kick their ass this Friday, buddy. I appreciate it, man. And listen, all I got to do is keep the winning. That's it. And uh, sooner or later, it's going to get across the board. But as long as I keep fighting the fights that I fight, um, there's no way I won't, I won't be denied. So, uh, no. stay tuned, man. Great to hear. We'll, we'll have you on again after after the fight, and uh, hopefully we'll get Sammy on too. I appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks, Thank man. you guys. Appreciate it. All right. Yep. Take no care. problem. Thank you. You too. Well, that was Joe Body Bags Piper, and uh, I just watched his fight TR with Chris Allen. It was more like a gif uh, than a fight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very quick. Uh, he knocked this dude in the jaw. He hit the floor. That was the fight. Uh, Glad he's a friend of the show and not an enemy of the show, because if he was an enemy of the show, we'd be in trouble. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, certain guys from this area, like, you know, everybody, because I, I had a little pro wrestling connection. Everybody would tell me, oh, my cousin, my nephew, my son, or whatever. And there are certain guys, I, I, I would I would include Paul Felder, who's now a, a UFC fighter. He's a friend of mine's nephew. Uh, Sammy, of course, uh, is now my neighbor, but I knew him from uh, Delaware County for a little while. Uh, I could I could spend two hours. We, we'll have fun when we go to a combat sports show. Sammy has a lot of great stories. He was on Bully Beatdown and stuff, and um, really just a tough southpaw, and he could choke you out and do anything anything he wants to you, really. And he's training every day with Joe. And now Joe is like along this lineage of, of area fighters. And it started with Eddie Alvarez, I guess. I don't want to discredit Eddie because – that guy's a maniac too, but Joe reiterated, they all work hard and that's the key. I mean, they could be just naturally street tough, but the, the work ethic of these guys is insane. But, uh, body bags has that it factor. Um, I guess you could tell through the interview. It's the first time I spoke to him, but you could tell he he's very disciplined, uh, very focused and he's just got, charisma that just he might not even know it himself but he's got star charisma and i think i think we just talked to a future whoever whoever gets him i think i think it's a future world champion well when they get him uh make sure that they hook me and you up with some ringside seats out in vegas and we'll go out and have a party uh because i'm down for that and if we do that i I do want to do i do want to do one thing i want to make sure we're covered and we'll take our good buddy Stephen P. New from the law offices of Stephen P. New. Uh, Stephen P. New has been just kicking ass and taking names lately in court. And if you need a lawyer, that's the guy you need to hit up is Stephen P. New. Uh, we'll, we'll hear this from him. We'll be right back. Personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, all these things and more can be helped by New Law Office. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New, what is there to do if you're in an automobile accident? When car wrecks happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know that in West Virginia, we have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways? That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, call me, Stephen P. New. For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New will fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, and Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney. Stephen P. New, attorney at law, answers to your legal questions. Again, that's 1-888-692-8084, or check him out at newlawoffice.com. The law offices of Stephen P. New. So, T.R., we're looking here, and that's a little preview of what could be coming up, and we could get a little combat sports into the world of wide men. Um, I'll be the first to tell you I know little to nothing about MMA, if you can look at me, you could probably tell why. Uh, <laughs> just not. Never You're not was supposed a to admit I'm, that, Nate. You're I six mean, foot five, three hundred, and I don't know what you are now. You lost some weight, but you're a big, intimidating guy. You don't have to tell everybody. 
I'm just saying I don't know how to do an MMA fight. I can scrap, but I don't know about getting into a, a ring with MMA now. That's a different story. Um, but anyway, we'll I get should, back to basketball. I, or go ahead, go ahead. I go. should I should say before we switch gears, I didn't mean to jump over the actual event which we were plugging. Um, you got to get out now while you can. Um, I believe there's still tickets available down at 2300 old ECW arena if if people are unfamiliar. And, uh, you know, we're talking the price of admission alone to watch Joe is like literally, I mean, you're going to get some great fighters on the undercard. Um, I know Dave Feldman. I was on an event of his that he was um, with his brother uh, in my past. Uh, So I know Dave puts on a great show and I want everybody to go down in the Philadelphia, South Jersey, uh, Delaware, Hell, if you're listening to us in Maryland, drive up because you're going to see if you're into world-class elite-level MMA, you're going to get it. Uh, there's several talented people on the on the card, but you're certainly going to get a future champion and, and a future household name in Joe Bodybags Pfeiffer, and you can see him on the upswing this Friday night down there at the uh, 2300 Arena. So make sure you get down there and say hi to Sammy O as well. Uh, Sammy O, uh, family man now, um, doing some training, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it'd be a treat for us fans if we could talk them into getting in the ring one more time or in the cage, I should say one more time, because, uh, once you check out some of his clips, you'll be like, dude, that dude lives across the street from you, <laughs> you know, and I'm like you said, I'm glad he's on our team too. So, um, go down and check those guys out this Friday. Yeah, make sure you check them out, support the cause, and go root on Joe, Body Backs Piper, and uh, let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump sent you. If you say Wide Men Can't Jump sent me at the door, they'll make you buy a ticket at full price. But, hey, at least <laughs> you mentioned our name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, anyway, let's get back to a little basketball talk here. Uh, TR, we wanted to definitely uh, end the show. we got about a half an hour left here, so we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA predictions here. And we're going to start in the East, if that's cool, since you're an Eastern Conference guy. Uh, we'll start out East. Um, so I'm going to give you a a number here. Uh, basically, I'm going to read this off to you. You tell me, and I'll, I'll even chime in, more, less, like basically, will this team win more or will this team win less, do you think? Uh, based on what Bleacher Report is putting out. So we'll start with the Boston Celtics. They're projected to to win the Eastern Conference and finish with the one seed. Projected to go 62-20, and playoff percentage chance 100%. Uh, They are plus 550 on the title odds, which means you'd have to bet $100 to win $550. So 62-20, and what do you think about that record for the Boston Celtics this season? I think it's low. Um, they may uh, saying a 62 win prediction is low sounds preposterous I, I understand but as soon as um, Brad Stevens figures out uh, the minutes distribution of you know the uh, with, with Hayward back and, and Jason Tatum and so forth when he gets, because, you know, your first team and your second team are all going to be great. Uh, when he figures out the right chemistry of who to put with each other, 
even if they start the season for some freaky reason, and you know how wagering and stuff can be and uh, unpredictability, they start the season four and four for some reason. They're the kind of talent-wise that can rattle off 20 out of 21 games, and and then after they lose one of those games, put on a 10-game win streak, et cetera. So I think they're closer to 65 wins. Um, so I would say over, believe it or not. Um, I'm going to actually take the under. I think 62 might be a little high, especially with uh, Hayward coming off the injury. Um I, I do like, you know, they kept most of their team, but 62 wins is a lot of wins, and they're going to have to beat some Western Conference teams to do that. Um, I don't know if they can do it with the Warriors. I don't know if they can do it with, you know, and, and you got to go on the road to win those games, and those road trips are rough. And, of course, Kyrie Irving's also coming off an injury. Um you know, you drafted Robert Williams. You haven't really seen how well he can play. But I think Boston, if I had to say, I think they're going to win about 59 or 60. I think 62 is just a little bit too much. So I don't think they're not they're going to drop. I just don't think they're going to win 62 games. I think it's a little high for my, my liking. I respect your opinion. Uh, I just have two words to say, and we can move on to the next team. Marcus okay. Smart. Marcus Smart. That's true. That's my two words. I do like Marcus Smart. I do like Marcus Smart now. I won't, I won't argue that. Um, number two projection to in the East is the Philadelphia 76ers. Bleacher Report has them finishing at 55 and 27, 100% playoff probability, and 1,600 uh, to one title odds. So what do you think? Or it's plus 1,600, excuse me, plus 1,600 title odds. 55 and 27 for the Sixers, TR. What do you think? Oh, boy, you backed me into a corner where I was going to be all positive for these hours, but I say under. Um, I believe last year was a bit of a mirage because of Ilya Sova and uh, Bellinelli joining the squad for that 17-game win streak, or they would have been, you know, just the middle of the pack. I think with uh, Indiana playing us several times and, Milwaukee and Boston and the West Coast teams, et cetera. And, uh, you know, uh, of course, I think Kawhi, let's not even talk about his laugh. Um, but Kawhi, as, as, as I jokingly called him. <laughs> Ka- that laugh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's a little bit, even a little more than I suggested with that guy up in his, in his uh, headgear, so to speak. I, I nicknamed him Kawhi M. Sam, uh, but you could take that for what it's worth. Anyhow, uh, back to the Sixers. Under. Uh, I, I, I believe, of course, they're going to be in the playoffs. And, but I, th- I think you're going to, you know, you're talking about a team with uh, similar personnel. They haven't made any major moves. Besides that win streak, they they lost to the worst teams in the league last year. They lost twice to Sacramento. They lost to Atlanta. They lost to the Lakers, the bad Lakers, you know, et cetera. They they played in their competition, and sometimes they believe their own hype. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I I put my own money on under 55. Yeah, I just – I don't know. 
I think 55 is high for them, and I think them finishing second in the East is high. I don't think they're going to finish second in the East. 55 for Celtics is up there. I mean, or for the not Celtics, but for the 76ers, that's up there. Um, they'll make the playoffs. Clearly, they'll finish. Yeah, they'll finish top four. Uh, I think they'll finish top four in the in the East. Uh, but 55 wins, nah. I think they're. I think more risk, more realistically, you got to drop them down to 50, um, maybe a few more, but no, not 55. That's that's a little too high. Um, all right, Toronto Raptors, uh, 52 and 30. They have 100% playoff probability and plus 1800 title odds. So the Raptors, TR, 52 and 30. What do you think? Uh, this stage in the in the game and uh, before the tip off, I say no friggin' shot. Uh, the aforementioned Kawhi Leonard is batshit crazy. The more he talks, the easier it is to understand how weird that situation got in San Antonio. He's not going to come back and be the third best player in the NBA. That's unrealistic. Kyle Lowry was attached at the hip to DeRozan. No way. Uh, They'll still be a playoff team. Um, But I I see him flaking out at some point. And they they may even improve when he flakes out and takes off some games. I believe that uncle, crazy uncle, still with him, pulling the strings on the puppet that is Kawhi Leonard. And his mind's still on L.A. Uh, So I say under. Yeah, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the under two. I'll put them at about 49. Uh, I think 49 is more realistic. Um, the Raptors, not a. I like their team. Uh, the Kawhi move, eh. but them losing DeRozan, who was the heart and soul of the team, it's like, oh yeah, they were a playoff team last year. They were regular season darlings. Well, yeah, but don't forget, this team's been through a lot, and now they got a brand new coach. So they're going to have to figure Glad. out Glad you brought uh, that up. about yeah, uh, they're going to have to figure out how to win under a new system with a new a new toy in Kawhi Leonard. And their backup center's gone. Uh it's going to be different. They got to they got to adapt. I'll put them at about 49. So I'm but I'm taking the under. All right, the projected great, to finish fourth. What well, go ahead. The great Dwayne Casey is no longer drawing up plays. Just Keep that in mind. He is in Detroit. He is in Detroit. Excuse me. I lost my uh, breath there for a second. All right. So the Indiana Pacers, 49 and 33, 100% playoff probability and plus 10,000 title odds. So 49 and 33, TR. Brother, that plus 10,000 sounds tempting. This is a good team, as we've said before. Does it not? Uh, I was looking at that. I was like, you know, 100 bucks on Indiana. That's, uh, That's not bad. You get you get a Steph Curry twisted ankle, you get a little uh, mixed chemistry in Boston, maybe a little injury down the down the road there. Uh, Indiana can win the fucking whole thing. They're a good team. Uh, I say, you know, I would almost put this out as a a, a picks show pick. I'm gonna go to Delaware or New Jersey soon and put something down on over on Indiana if that's their number. Indiana is one of the best uh, teams, and I stress team. And we've we've had I forget the reporter we had 
which gave us the inside information that um, Oladipo flew the team down to work out with him and have chemistry with him and so forth. These guys are serious, and uh, you know, to me, that's that's a, that's a low number. This team is going to be this right here, Tr, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was I was thinking about that the other day. It would not shock me if the Indiana Pacers finished at the two in the East. Would not shock me in the slightest. I think they can leapfrog Toronto. They can leapfrog Philly, and they could easily finish as the two seed in the East this year. I mean, they have they are deep. They like. It's one of those things where, let's say Miles Turner has an off night. Okay, Miles Turner's not playing well. We'll put Kylo Quinn at the five. Okay, Kylo Quinn's a good center. Most people aren't going to think of Kylo Quinn as a good center, but he is. He's a very good center. Oh, okay. Uh, we're having some struggles tonight at small forward. Um, so who? what do we do now? Okay, Tyreek Evans can come in because Tyreek Evans is a good player who can switch between the two and the three. We've still got Darren Collison. We just got Aaron Holiday. Don't forget about him, who can shoot the lights out. We added Doug McDermott, who was a good shot last season. I mean, this team is probably one of the most improved teams in the offseason, and they were the five seed last year. They're only going to get better moving forward. And the only player they lost was Lance Stevenson. So this team, is they're poised to make a move. I'm going to put them at the two seed. I'm definitely taking the over. I'll put them at about – I'm going to put them at the 55 win mark where Philly was at. I think Indiana finishes there. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to put an exact number, but I'm, I'm, I'm on board with everything you're saying. Yeah, just so many additions this offseason. It's just going to be – it's going to be interesting to watch. And the chemistry building with Victor Oladipo – that's huge. You got a guy that's stepping up to be a leader. You've got a guy that wants to win in Indiana. That's his home. That's where he played college ball. This dude, like, I'm, and people are sleeping on the Pacers. And I'm telling them, you know, we've preached it ever since we saw these moves getting made in the off season. We're like, ah, look at Indiana making moves over there. This is why you need to listen to wide men can't jump during the off season because we keep up with all this. We're on top of it. We're talking about trades that nobody's talking about. And and we were all over the Pacers this offseason because if you had a clue, you were watching it. They still got Bogdanovich. They still they still got Corey Joseph. They got TJ Leaf still. Uh, Kylo Quinn's there. Sabonis is there. Uh, Miles Turner. CJ Wilcox is still there. They still have Thaddeus Young. This team is poised. This team can go 12 deep on the bench. And I do not doubt that the Indiana Pacers are going to finish very high. And they're going to be a team that you're going to turn on ESPN one night and you're going to be like, wow, the Indiana Pacers, how improved are they this season? And we're going to be sitting here going, yeah, how about that? We didn't tell you anything. Oh, well. All right, so moving on. I'm patting ourselves on the back before it happens, but it's just everything in me is screaming, this team's going to be good. So... Moving on, Washington Wizards projected to finish at the five this year with a win total of 47 and 35 is the record, 85% playoff probability, plus 10,000 on the title odds. Uh, 47-35, TR, what do you think on those odds? 
I don't know. I'm, I'm a little uh, disappointed in Vegas or whoever put them out um, that the Bucks aren't uh, ahead of uh, the Wizards uh, and Toronto, to be honest with you, but whatever. Um, uh, Washington, to me, is uh, hmm, 47, huh? Do you, can you, do you know off the top of your head or can you pull up what they won last year? I can figure it out real fast. We're gonna to have to probably turn this into a two-parter, or maybe a three-parter. But but I like where oh, this yeah, is we going. No, nah, take your time. I mean, it's fine. I mean, this is this is stuff that we need to do. I think. I think this is something that um, this is something you need to look at when you're evaluating what's about to happen in a season. Anybody can look at at the. Uh, anybody can look at the. The preseason, I don't really care much for preseason basketball. I don't know if I've never really told – I mean, I watch it, but I don't like – I don't base my analysis off of it. Does that make sense? Sure. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look here for the wins from last season. Uh, last year, they won 43 games and lost in the first round of the Raptors. They were the eighth seed last year. Um. You know, it's uh, they got Dwight Howard as their only real key addition, correct? Yeah, they lost. They lost uh, Martin Gortat added Dwight Howard. I think they stay right about where they were, if not lower. I would go under. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on that. I don't think Dwight Howard adds as much of a of a difference as what they're predicting. Um, Again, the John Wall, Bradley Beal, great players, but Otto Porter Jr., I'm calling it now, by the trade deadline, he'll be gone. Kelly Oubre will step into that role, and they're still undefined at the four. It's a strange situation up there. Their bench is lacking. They've never really had much of a bench. Um, and, and Wall is injury prone. Uh, he's, he's probably going to get hurt uh, because he feels he has to do so much, honestly, and that's that's the truth. I feel like he thinks he has to put this team on his back, and he's a great leader. But I see a little malfunction at the junction in Washington, and I think uh, I think forty three is is a nice number for them. So I'll, I'll uh, forty three, forty four, but definitely not forty seven. So I'll I'll go the under on that. I'm with you. All right, Milwaukee Bucks, forty six and thirty six, eighty five percent playoff probability, plus ten thousand title odds on Milwaukee. So forty six. What do you think? Over. I don't. Uh, it's <laughs> no analysis. Just over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that fucking guy is so good, and and spending the summer with Kobe Bryant, it's 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 amazing the lack of respect. And I, I was one of them, so I guess I get it because it's Middle America, and you know he's a guy who didn't come out, you know, number one overall, and with a lot of fanfare, he kind of worked his way into the position he's in, but. I, you know, I think he's going to win the MVP, and I think aside from Indiana and Boston, they're right there. So over. Yeah, and and, and their audition, their additions of Brook Lopez in the off season helps. They've still got Bledsoe. They finally get a coach who can coach. Uh, if that makes any sense, they're not just using you know like Jason Kidd and. And people like that, but they're they're really making some good moves there. Bledsoe's still up there. Um, 
and I'm, I'm actually going to pull up their roster just to double check on. I, I know I'm missing somebody here, but uh, you know, Greek Freaks and All Star waiting to happen. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is there. They st- they drafted Divincenzo. They have Trayvon Duvall. Uh, John Henson, Ilyasova makes the comeback. Uh, they add Brooke Lopez. Still have Chris Middleton. Still have Tony Snell. They add Tyler Zeller. So. This is a team TR that I think is going to go up to about the fifth spot in the playoff. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to leave them at five. I'm going to leave them at five because I don't know if they're going to be enough to pass Philly or Toronto, but they're definitely going to win more than 46 games. So I'll take Milwaukee in the plus there. But they're a good team, very good team. I agree. All right, so projected to finish seventh is the Miami Heat. Now, if you'd have told me this a few weeks ago, I'd have called you crazy, but there is that looming Jimmy Butler trade in the air. However, that's only speculation. So what we'll say is the current Miami Heat right now, 44 wins, 44 and 38, 65% playoff probability, and plus 30,000 title odds. No Jimmy Butler trade happens, TR. Miami, 44 wins. What do you think? They'll be about 10 shy of that. I say way under. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I don't know about 10, but they're going to be under. They're going to get leapfrogged. I say they're probably closer to about, about 40. Maybe thirty nine. I don't think they win that many games. Another year on on Joran Dragic's legs. Wade's getting older. Providing they don't trade for Jimmy Butler. I mean, they got Richardson. They got Winslow. Bam Adebayo. I'm a big. I'm big on him. I like him. I like his game. But Hassan Whiteside's been just kind of a bust. Uh, nothing really out of him. They had no draft picks this offseason. They made no moves whatsoever. Um. And in this league, if you're not improving and you're spinning your wheels, you're just going backwards. Because almost every team in the East this offseason improved, minus a couple. So I'm going to just say Miami, they drop down, and they're going to drop out of the playoff race. So I'm going to put them at about 40. Eh, You know what, 39. Put them at 39. Um, The Detroit Pistons, 42-40, and 50% playoff probability, plus 30,000 title odds, 42 wins for Detroit. They bring in um, Dwayne Casey as the new head coach. Uh, what do you think on that, TR? 42 wins. Well, I got Blake Griffin. Um, I don't like their personnel that much, but I'm, I'm real fond of their, their new head coach. Dwayne Casey, the ultimate disrespect to have the number one seed, coach of the year, and be shipped out of your job. Uh, granted that, you know, they got, they can't beat LeBron and whatever, but that was the guys on the court, in my opinion, as opposed to the coach. Uh, I don't like the team he's inheriting and they managed to win 42 games last year. Right. Is that, or, or, or is that the projection? That's the projection this year. Um, uh, I can look at their record from last year. Um, you know, you don't have to, cause they did, they didn't, end, they didn't end up making it. So I'm sure it's less. Um, mm, that's a good number. That's a that's a tricky number. 
That that one really uh, is. Provided I'll give myself a way out. Provided they're healthy, I'll say over barely, like forty three wins. <laughs> You kind of went with me on that. I was thinking the exact same thing. I was going to say over provided the health of Reggie Jackson. Because um, huh. his his health is dire important. 39 wins last season. I think Dwayne Casey on that team can give him another five wins. So I'll go ahead and take the over on Detroit um, for, yeah, we'll call it 40. We'll call it 44. We'll call it 44 wins from my end here. Um, now, according to Bleacher Report, finishing ninth, the Chicago Bulls at 500, 41-41, 40% playoff probability, plus 30,000 title odds. 41-41, TR, what do you think on the Bulls? Well, it's uh, it's becoming sexy, and we've said it since the summer. Uh, I didn't know anybody else would have yeah. them winning 41 games, but... I was, you and I both were saying they have the talent if they can get the chemistry together to make the A seed. Uh, that's right around where I, I thought they would end up once they found chemistry. So another tough play. I'm going to go against myself and say under and just say they win 39 mm. or 40. I'm going to take the over. I think uh, I think to make the playoffs this year, you got to have a winning record, and I'm sticking with the Bulls are going to have a winning record. Um, I think they're going to win 42. I'm taking one over. They'll finish about 42 and 40, and they will sneak in in the eighth seed. It'll come down to the end, but I think the Bulls will get in with 42 wins in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm calling that now. All right. Interesting. Yeah. We've got a few more here. Just enough time to finish up. Number 10, Cleveland Cavs, 40 wins and 42 losses, 35% playoff odds, plus 40,000 title odds. What do you think on the Cavs, TR? Uh, they'd certainly be overachieving if they reached that, in my opinion. Um, I, I, I got feelings as under. Yeah, I'm going under, even though they did re-sign Rodney Hood, so that might get them out of the bottom four. So I'm aging my bet there. They did re-sign Rodney Hood, so there's a possibility they get out of the bottom four. But not win 40 games. Not with that roster. Not going to happen. Charlotte Hornets, uh, 38 and 44, 25% playoff probability, plus 30,000 title odds. So 38 wins for Charlotte. TR, what do you think on that? Uh, uh, Malik Monk, healthy... Tony Parker leadership. I kind of agree with their numbers, so it's hard to say over or under. Um, I'll go under. I'll, I'll do a safe play and go under, but not by much. 38 is like perfect for them. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> like, I'm looking right at it going, man, that's, that's probably about what they'll finish. Uh, they got just enough talent to not make the playoffs every year. Um <laughs> I'll I'll take since you took the under I'll take the over and go thirty nine but they're going to miss the playoffs I think the the Hornets are going to be the second team out uh, and they're going to have like some sort of tiebreaker with Miami now this is all depending on if the Jimmy Butler trade and Malik Monk is some kind of mystery in terms of his injuries and uh, not a big fan of Mikael Br- or not Mikael but uh, Miles Bridges so I don't uh, Charlotte I'll, I'll take thirty nine so I'll take the over just by one. 
New York Knicks, 32 and 50, 15% playoff probability, plus 20,000 title odds. TR, what do you think on 32 and 50 on the Knicks? These fuckers don't make it easy, do they? I like the Knicks. You know, I like uh, Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson. (laughs) They do not make this easy. (laughs) Fuck. I mean, uh, couldn't they give me 30 so I could, like, have, you know, anyway. Uh,. I like Coach Fizz. I like their young talent, but they, they'll they be just starting to get it together and showing teams by the end of the season that they're for real. So I got to say under, regretfully. Yeah, I'm not as big on those players as you are, so I'm taking the under. Ennis Cantor is their only real bright spot on offense until Porzingis comes back. Knox has got a lot to prove. Nitticolina's garbage. Um just no, nothing excites me about the Knicks. Nothing. I think they're rated too high. They got them ranked 12 here, and I'm sitting there going, I, I think they're better. I think they're, uh, I don't think they're that good. But um, next team, Brooklyn, 30 wins, 52 losses, 5% playoff probability, plus 40,000 title odds. What do you think about Brooklyn? 30 wins. Under. Um, we have so many yeah. guests that I confuse them. Who was saying that, uh, they're comparable to Chicago as far as young talent. Yeah, we so had a, we did have a guest compare them to Chicago. I can't remember right offhand, but I I don't see that. I'm just not seeing Brooklyn. Uh, I don't I'm either. Just not. Unless there's under. something I'm missing. I'm taking the under as well. I'll take them about 27 wins, as if they're lucky. Um, the Orlando Magic, 25 wins, 0% playoff probability, according to this, plus 40,000 title odds. Now, hold on a second. I want to throw this out there. The Orlando Magic have plus 40,000 title odds, but the Atlanta Hawks have plus 35,000 playoff title odds, and Brooklyn has plus 40,000 title odds. That's weird to me. All right, but 25 wins for Orlando, TR. What do you think on that? Over by a minimum of five, if they have a disappointing season, yeah. they have too much talent in the uh, with too much big bodies and talent. Uh, barring some injuries, we don't see right now. But I yeah, I agree. Orlando was on the upswing. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm going to put them at about at least thirty. Like I think they can win thirty games easy. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, and neither did Phillip. He didn't think they would make the playoffs either, but he had them at about 30. And he's the pro, so I'm going to I'm going to go with my man, PRR. Um, so I'm going to put him about 30. The Atlanta uh-huh. Hawks, 22, 22 and 60, 0% playoff chance, but for some reason only plus 35,000 on the title odds. So 22 games for the Hawks, TR. Over or under, what do you think? Under by 10. Worst team in basketball. Damn. I won't go that low. I won't say they're only going to win 12. I'll put them at about 20. So I'm going to take the under on that as well. So I'll take 20 wins for the Hawks. Uh, but, yeah, they no chance. And I'll tell you what, next week we'll look at the Western Conference, if that's cool, because uh, we are running low on time. It's about that time. And we do want to thank everybody for listening in. To this episode of Wide Men Can't Jump, 48th episode in TR, we're talking one-year anniversary. Uh, I think there's going to be some surprises, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, man, 
I'm I'm down with any any kind of surprises. Hopefully, uh, the biggest surprise would be if uh, Little Nate arrives around the same time. That would be a, a yeah, double anniversary. Yeah, yeah, he's due. Uh, he's due end of the month, so it could happen. Actually, Tr, you know what next week is? I just looked at the calendar. Tip off is on the 16th, right? So uh-huh. next week is the play is the prediction show. We always have one before the season starts. The season starts uh, two weeks from yesterday. So next week will be our prediction show where we go and uh, we'll predict the playoffs and we'll predict the champion and you know what we'll probably even predict an MVP, a sixth man of the year, and all that fun stuff. You down for that? Yeah. Yes, sir. The playoff, the preview show will be up next Wednesday, so we are definitely looking forward to that. It is, I guess, uh, next week we'll actually probably start season two, if I'm not mistaken, of Wide Men Can't Jump, or, yeah, because we started last season with the playoff prediction. So, season two, it will be next week. TR, can you believe it? Getting there slowly but surely. We're getting a a massive amount of credibility, (laughs) the... At wide jump is like uh, blowing up by itself every day. I look at it; it says you got a new follower. It's starting to annoy me, by the way. Not not the followers, but you know I am an avid love maker these days. And there's, <laughs> if I if I leave the phone on, if I leave the phone on, bling bling bling, and I'm like, should I look? And every time I stop whatever I'm doing, use your imagination. It'll say, uh, why jump 11 new notifications or something like that. So, But I'm happy. I'm just, you know, I'm hard to please. But I'm happy with that. <laughs> hey, you said I'm hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish yes. it was the case uh, more often. But anyway, we don't want to get into that. <laughs> we appreciate everybody, though. Even though you're interrupting TR's avid lovemaking, we appreciate you following us on Wide Jump. I will never say that I'm upset that you're following us on Wide Jump. So please follow us, show us some love, and check us out anywhere and everywhere you download podcasts, whether it be um, iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. We are there. Don't miss out on Wide Men Can't Jump, the special Pre the regular season preview next week. We'll be diving deep into that, and we'll have we'll probably might have some guests as well. We're nearing the one year anniversary, so I am asking anyone and everyone, please get in touch and let us know on Twitter who you want us to bring back. If there's an old guest or an old, um, you know, maybe an old like from way back. I'm talking way back. If you want to see anybody that we used to bring on a cast of characters. If you'd like to hear an afterlife, Randy Savage, you haven't heard in a while or TR knack or anything like that. Just uh, let us know. And we'll, we'll see what we can do. Um, Cause we like to please the fans like to please our listeners. So let us know. And uh, we do appreciate everyone listening. And thank you to the law offices of Stephen P new. Thank you to wowfreecam.com. You can follow TR on Twitter at TR Shock, you can follow me at MMITM Nathan. You can follow Tim at Tileman68 and um, show us all some love on Twitter. 
We got a Facebook group. You want to get in on that? You can go to patreon.com slash watchman can't jump if you want to be a Patreon for the show. You can go there and donate, and we got all kinds of special stuff coming for you there. Um, I believe that will be everything for this week. Thank you guys for listening in. TR, anything you want to add, my friend, before we get out of here? Thank you, PRR, uh, for, for the interview with Nate that I was uh, I did not have the chance to attend. Um, and thank you to both Sammy or Pisa, Sammy O, for taking my contact at the last possible second and contacting his man during fight week, uh, Joe Body Bags Pfeiffer. And it's it's a little kickstart, so it's a, it's a mutual benefit because uh, we're planning on getting a combat sports show going, and it's good that we have a future world champ as our first guest uh, on Wide Man Can't Jump. So get down there Friday night and see him in Philly. Yeah, make sure you're out and check that out. And uh, everybody have a safe weekend. Enjoy some basketball when you can. Check out our other shows on here, by the way, as well. We got Talk Football Sunday night. There's all kinds of stuff. TR and Tim are doing their pick shows. You don't want to miss it here on blogtalkradio.com slash why can't jump. If there's nothing else, TR, go ahead and send us home. Peace. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash why men can't jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at widejump. You can follow us on Instagram at widemencantjump and on Facebook at facebook.com slash widemencantjump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump.